It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome back to School of Thought. This is the fourth episode on the Hit the Books YouTube channel. As always, this segment is presented by Circus Sports, where you can bet like the pros at the world's largest sports book, right at your fingertips. Experience big app bets with the highest limits, the lowest hold, best money line splits, best customer service, and more. Sports betting on the go has never been better. Now you can download, fund, and bet like a pro from anywhere in Nevada. Get your new book today at circusports.com. So, last week in this segment, picked just one team instead of two, focused on the team I thought was overvalued, and it really could not have gone any better because Milwaukee started out the week with a standalone uh, morning game at IUPUI. Game at IUPUI was right there for, for 40 minutes. Uh, I think Milwaukee closed like minus 12 or 12 and a half and really never in doubt in terms of covering. And then it somehow got worse a couple of nights ago when they played Green Bay, game that opened around 18, closed, I think around 16. And Green Bay had the performance of its season, multiple seasons, really, and that's just how it goes with progression because there's no way to say you you, can, you can't cap Green Bay hitting 16 threes or whatever it was, but you can say at some point, well, Milwaukee, this is all going to come crashing down. But whether that's a slow, prolonged trickle or if that's just an avalanche all at once, that's the hard part about regression. You know it's going to happen. It's just very difficult to pinpoint exactly when and where and how. But uh, – did well with Milwaukee and Seattle, who I highlighted two weeks ago. Uh, that's continued to be a pretty good fade as well. Lost outright at home in a non-competitive game with Abilene as a six or seven point favorite. And then really never was in control whatsoever at New Mexico State. Game they actually closed as, as a dog uh, this past Saturday. So I think the Seattle fades are probably over at this point because they're back into like that 135 range or so, which... It's pretty appropriate. The issue was when they were up at like 108, 110, thought they became pretty overvalued. But right now they're probably back to where they should be. But moving forward uh, today, one team actually going to flip the script and go from overvalued to undervalued team that's certainly well-known nationally, but has kind of fallen off the radar this year just because of a really wretched season where everything that could go wrong has gone wrong, a, a real Murphy's Law situation for these guys, but it looks like there's some signs that things are back on the upswing. And take a look what I'm talking about here. So Loyola, Chicago version. Uh, again, really, as, as bad as it could be this year, they are the second biggest faller in the country from opening night. Only Louisville has saved them from that very ignominious distinction. But anytime you're next to Louisville in any category this year, you know that shit's gone pretty badly. So Loyola started the season 59th, down all the way at 234, 175 spot drop. I mean, it's there's no way that anyone could have. Even the most pessimistic projection says, okay, they're not 60th, but what, they're 100th? Maybe slightly worse if everything goes wrong. You couldn't have possibly predicted something like this. It's truly beyond even the most ridiculous extreme range of outcome projection. 
but that's where they are. And it's not unwarranted because they've had this catastrophic season-long turnover problem. And so the reasons for that are several fold. One is that the rotation was just too big. Uh, Valentine couldn't find a rotation. A lot of point guard issues with Braden Norris taking on too much of a role. And they just had trouble defining themselves with some of the guys they lost. Hard to say at this point, but maybe a drop-off, probably a drop-off of some sort from Moser and Valentine. Uh, Valentine now bringing in some of his own guys. I, I think those are all reasonable explanations. It's, it's probably not one. It's just an aggregation of things. But either way, uh, just a catastrophic series of events this year for Loyola. But things are starting to show signs of turning around. We'll get to that in a minute. First, I want to highlight just a couple things with their profile. Uh, this first column here is from Shot Quality. Some of the metrics I care about from them in my own, that I consolidate to my own Google sheet. Pretty solid shot selection. It's a good shot making team that generates open shots. Defensively, nothing to write home about. Uh, average in terms of luck, they don't generate any extra chances. So I think that is interesting, but the more interesting thing is down here, when you separate out the differentials between their effective field goal percentage and their turnover percentage. Uh, this is a really, well, between them and American, about as extreme as it gets in any season here, because when they hang on to the ball, when they hang on to the ball, they generally get a good shot and they make a high percentage of them. So that's really the only question with Loyola is can they avoid pissing down their leg on any given possession? If they do, they'll probably end up with a fairly decent look. So that begs the question. Over the remainder of the season, there's eight games left in the regular season before the 8-10 tournament. How many teams are they going to run into who can make them piss down their leg and avoid giving them those good looks at the rim? Uh, of the eight games remaining, no more BCU, no more Duquesne, St. Joe's, UMass, Fordham, all pretty solid in causing turnovers, but no one who's really going to flip the game on its head with pressure. Fordham a little bit more so just because they, more so than a couple of these other teams can apply. Uh, a lot of run and jump in the half court, which can be a problem, but you're not going to get the VCU type who just defines and controls the game with its pressure. So that's a good sign moving forward for Loyola. Other good sign is that the turnover problem has shown indications of actually turning around quite a bit. This is Torvik sorted by the last four weeks. So starting January 11th, and I highlighted the splits and differentials here. What this column is measuring is which teams in the country over these last four weeks, relative to season-long performance, have improved the most as far as not turning the ball over offensively. You can see Loyola in the top 20 there in improvement in offensive turnover rate. So things have clearly gotten better. Why have things gotten better? Well, the rotation for one has consolidated. He's now, Valentine's only playing eight, sometimes nine guys tops. Uh, and that has really seemingly improved cohesion and chemistry for a roster that hadn't had a ton of experience playing together couple transfers, a couple young guys moving into big roles with their departures from uh, some of those really great teams over the last couple of years. So part of it is playing together. Part of it is uh, consolidating the rotation. And it seems Braden Norris has just become much more comfortable as the point guard. So clearly at this point, you have enough of a sample to say that things have gotten better. Will they continue to improve? That's harder to say, but I think I can safely assume, relatively safely, that the days of this, you know, bottom five nationally turnover rate, those are probably gone at this point, uh, which which helps explain the start of the upswing. This is from Haslametrics. 
uh, the low point came a couple weeks ago. They lost by a combined 48 points uh, at St. Joe's and then St. Louis. Uh, the St. Joe's game, the worst performance of the season, one of the truly most abysmal performances I've seen from any team this year where everything went wrong. And that played a big part. I mean, they, of course, had already been well, well into this tank, but th that was the low point. Uh, but starting to swing back up, you don't, I've said this before with these videos, you don't necessarily need to catch a team at its absolute bottom. I mean, that's ideal or, or it's very top if you're looking to sell, but you know, obviously as close as you can get to the top and the bottom, naturally the, the better it's going to be. But in this case, there's so much room for Loyola to grow, even though we're not catching the very bottom here. Uh, for this team to get into the 240s and 250s, like that's that's like Oregon State territory last year, worse even. Uh, and for a team with this kind of program pedigree and recent success, it's, it, it is implausible, truly implausible that this team got as low as it did in the rankings, which makes me think that we have quite a bit of room here in this last month or so uh, for them to swing back up. I think a realistic target for them to end the season, they're right now 234. I'd say they could probably get back into like the 160, 170 range. If that's the case, they probably end up covering, if not every game, they're pretty close to every game. Uh, you know, they, they say they go six and two in the regular season, then they cover one, maybe two, eight, 10 tournament games. I mean, that's that's got to be considered a pretty big success. Can you auto bet them? Uh, kind of my opinion in general is it's, it's hard to auto bet because I do a lot of matchup based stuff. But because this team is so low right now, uh, you know, whereas like Seattle, for example, I said, I think they're like 30, 40 spots off. Loyola could be like, they could be like a hundred spots off right now. Like they could be that undervalued that I'd actually feel fairly comfortable with some sort of auto bet. But the fact that I've noticed it means other people, other people much smarter than me, have also noticed it. And you saw this yesterday when this line opened with St. Joe's because Bookmaker opens around 4.30 in the afternoon, Eastern time, opens one and a half. It's just steady, loyal to money. This is from pregames. Odds archive, and you can see it's just been a consistent stream pushing this thing up and up and up. People with influence have noticed uh, the Loyola right now is probably really, really undervalued, and maybe the most undervalued team in the country relative to uh, the current projection, you know, at Kempom. So, if we're going to do this, and you know, I played it ten minutes after it opened, got a good number. Uh, when you're betting on a team like this, where you now know, like Ron noticed that this team is going to be getting a lot of attention in the market, you have to make a priority to try and get it as early as possible because you can't lay four. I don't think you can lay three. It, it has to be as early as possible. So when they play Saturday, you know, when those lines start rolling out. Yeah, limits aren't great, but, you know, it, again, that depends on your, your personal preference and your limits, but it's got to be as early as possible because we saw that with Seattle too. Like Seattle was, people were immediately fading them opponents were taking money right from the jump and once you see that once maybe twice with the team uh you know that that's a concerted effort that's not a coincidence that those teams are either attracting money on them or or fading them so that's the plan moving forward with Loyola. it's going to be of those eight remaining games i feel like i'll probably you know depending on how early i can get those lines end up on at least half of them and then the 810 tournament is so wide open this is traditionally a league uh, where the top seeds perform poorly this year, there's no dominant team. It's going to be a complete clusterfuck in general. So, you know, am I, am I suggesting Loyola is going to make this wild, crazy run, uh, you know, from the 13th or 14th spot? No, but 
they're held a lot more competitive than your typical, you know, bottom two, bottom three, eight, 10 tournament seed. Uh, so especially with the kind of renewed lease on life when they start the conference tournament, I very much see myself backing them as long as they they hang around. Could be a day, could be three days, who knows? But either way, I think this is a pretty good team to watch. So uh, once again, appreciate you joining this uh, video, this fourth episode of School of Thought, as always presented by Circus Sports, that like the pros, the world's largest sports book with the best money line splits, lowest hold, the best access on the go. Sports betting has never been better. Till next week, thank you very much.